following is a presentation of the Retro Network. Strap in, movie fans. We're about to take you 30 years into the past to explore the biggest blockbuster hits of the 1990s. I'm Pete. And I'm Michael. And And this this is is Box Box Office Office 30. 30. Welcome to Box Office 30 for September 1992. I'm Pete, and as usual, I'm joined by my good buddy and co-host, Michael. Hello, sir. How you doing? I'm well, thank you. I am uh, a little bit hoarse because I was teaching today, <laughs> and uh, you know when you have to talk for three hours in front yeah. of a bunch of people, and then I had to go through meetings all day long, so if I'm a little bit more like a, a little raspy and deucing. <laughs> you, you've got a little bit of like that like serial... Like ASMR, like kind of quiet, like, hey, how's it going? Very breathy sort of sounding. But I I, I feel your pain. Like I remember when I was, yeah, when I was doing the uh, (laughs) teaching first two weeks, it was always like my voice wasn't like prepared at all to to get through those nights again. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you're here. You're alive. I'm here. I am. I'm ready to rock and roll. Nice. All right. Well, um, not terribly much going on. Uh, apologies again for last month and being a little late. Hopefully this month we're going to get things done a little bit quicker. So that being said, why don't we jump right into our new and new to you? All right, Michael, what, uh, what's been on your uh, radar lately? Uh, I don't know if I, I even can classify this yet. Um, <laughs> I started watching that... Um, Stallone movie Samaritan. I don't know if I even know it. <laughs> uh, so basically, it's about a aging superhero who apparently had a twin brother who was his evil twin, and they fight each other, and one dies, and the world falls into chaos, and uh, this kid discovers that hero still alive, and you know, chaos ensues. And I have I'm about three quarters of the way through the movie. And it's, it's like the 2022 version of last action hero, but like <laughs> taking itself much more seriously. It's like if, if Rocky had superpowers. Nice. <laughs> what about you? Uh, well, nothing that fun, I guess. Um, so since we last talked, I have seen super pets, which was great. Um, took Zoe for our kind of ongoing daddy-daughter movie nights or days or whatever. Um, so that uh, – I thought that was really good. And I was really excited um, – spoiler alert, mini spoiler alert 
that the squirrel becomes Chip from the Green Lantern Corps at the end. <laughs> I was like, that's kind of a fun payoff for like deep um, Green Lantern fans that like that is not exactly cut. Chip's true origin story, but like <laughs> there is in fact a squirrel Green Lantern. And um, now like I feel like they need to bring in, um, oh, what's his name? Uh, the the Red Lantern Corps, uh, the the, the Atrocitus, cat. his yeah. cat. I can't think of what its name is, but it's like I'd love to see because they did in the comics the squirrel versus the cat, you know. Yeah. So it'd be pretty cool to to see in like Super Pets sequel. And did you stay after for the little uh, stinger at the end after the post after the credits? I didn't go all the way to the end because Grace had to go to the bathroom. Gotcha. So I well. <laughs> They had a um, fun little call out in so much as that they had um, Anubis, um, a Black Adam's dog, uh, show up and have like a little bit of a face off with um, with crypto with crypto, which I thought was kind of a fun idea. That's kind of funny. Yeah, because crypto is played by The Rock, and Black Adam is played by The Rock. Yeah, and it was a little jarring because, like, during that scene, like Crypto's still doing his thing of talking in The Rock's voice, and then Black Adam is talking to Superman also in The Rock's voice, except a more like gravelly, like you know, kind of <laughs> kind of version of The Rock's voice. So it was it was sort of funny. It was almost like he was like talking to himself. Um, but the more fun and adult inclined movie that I saw, which, um, again, like I've talked on this podcast before, I've really mostly been seeing a lot of like superhero type movies when I go to the Mm. theater, but I've been seeing trailers for this for months and I, I really got, had to drag myself and like, I was like, I gotta go see this. Uh, we went on $3 movie night to go see bullet train. Oh, the, um, the Brad Pitt movie? Yes. And um, I cannot recommend this enough. It was really awesome. Um, the way I've been describing it to people all week is it's the best Quentin Tarantino movie not made by Quentin Tarantino that you'll ever see. <laughs> really? Yeah. It has like a real, real um, vibe of that. Um, and uh yeah, I don't know. It's just like it's it's just like a lot of fun. Um, all the actors in it were really good. Um, I felt like they kind of did a fun job of thinking it out and, and kind of how they, you know, portray all the people kind of going through this scenario. And they do a lot of like jumping back in people's stories and things like that. And um, I wasn't sure um, who had directed this, so I went and looked, and it's a guy named David Leach. And as soon as I like looked up all his stuff, I'm like, oh, well, of course. <laughs> so this is the person that has brought you um, Deadpool 2. This is the person that brought you Hobbs and Shaw. Um, you know, like uh, I think Atomic Blonde. Mm. Um, so uh, he's he's done a ton of stuff. Uh, John Wick. I think he was a co-director yeah, on John he, Wick. He did one of the John Wicks, I think. Um, yeah. So... Uh, just it was just awesome, and it's in the vein of all those other movies. So I, I think he directed Kate, um, which you were talking about, like oh, some episodes back. That movie's fantastic. Yeah. So um, that that's really only my two for this month. I, I've had a light time at going to the theaters, and I haven't yeah, really I haven't had, had any time to watch anything. I, I went stuff. crazy in August, and and this month. <laughs> At the so, time. But I feel like I kind of bring this up because I feel like you and I are a little bit at odds about it. She-Hulk. <laughs> so uh, you and I like kind of had like a two-line conversation about this offline. And um, I know you were kind of feeling a little like meh about it. So like what's your take? <laughs> okay. So story-wise, I'm somewhat on board. Um, 
I like Tatiana Mislani a lot. Um, I I just you know, and I, I understand it's it's very true to the comics in the you know fourth wall breaking that she does in the comics. I fully get that, and the comic is generally kind of cheeky and goofy and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but if I were Kevin Feige, I would have not rolled this out so soon with the CGI the way it is. It is like skinny, muscular Shrek's wife. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's, it's jarringly bad at times. And you're just well, like, it's funny wow. because like, I remember like months ago when they popped out the trailer the for trailer. this and everybody was like, Oh my God, it looks terrible. It's, it's, you know, uh, Fiona from Shrek, um, and all this sort of thing. And, you know, I was like, all right, it's not like a hundred percent right now, but let's like wait until the show rolls around and, and see what happens. And funny enough, first like one or two episodes came along and I was like, hey, this looks better. I was like, they must have taken the time and improved this a bit. But then to your point, like what we were discussing the other day, episode three was definitely living in the uncanny valley. <laughs> like I was noticing a lot of stuff with like her mouth was like really weird and her like mouth, her, her neck looks kind of too small for her shirt. And her head looks kind of off. Um, and you know, I mean, honestly, other than the first episode, I haven't really seen her hit anybody. <laughs> like, yeah, she done much. I mean, what was it at the end of the third episode? She got jumped by the wrecking crew, like, yeah, like or like, like, not, or like the kind of interesting take on the wrecking crew. <laughs> yeah, but that's not really a threat. Like, I don't know. Like, where is I, I don't I don't see the drama in this show yet. Like, there's not, you know, there's not a, a hook yet that other than just, you know, like, let's be goofy. Yeah, I mean, I think it's that, though. I think it is that. I think it's more in, like, the Ant-Man vein of things, like, where it's, like, a little bit more about, like, kind of being light than it is necessarily about being, like, full-on throwdown whatever. Um, I mean, we may see some more of that as it goes along, but, like, to your point, like, I feel like even in the comics, and especially because you have to remember, this is She-Hulk attorney at law, right? So, or attorney for hire or whatever, you know, they keep jumping back and forth. I, I think, like, the whole thing is it's supposed to be, like, oh, it's the lawyer She-Hulk, not, like, you know, necessarily the Avenger She-Hulk. So, I don't know. I, we'll, we'll see what uh, where it goes, but I'm, I'm enjoying it right now. I, it's, like, you know, we're in that Disney content for content's sake sort of uh, realm of things. Um, I am excited to see what happens with D- D23 this weekend, though. Yeah, I mean, I'm curious to see what comes out. Um, I know our buddy Joey Misfit was speculating um, over on his uh, YouTube channel. Um, maybe I'll see if I can pop a link um, on our socials because he just did a big uh, video on sort of his thoughts on on stuff that's going on. Like, you know, he's he's kind of our, our third wheel in the uh, comics, I feel like, with with you, me, and him. Maybe not third wheel. I don't think I mean it by, by that. But, like, you know, the kind of the uh, – the uh, threes company musketeer. Yeah, musketeer. There's a good way to put it. Um, as far as our, our comic gang here. So, you know, he's always like Mr. Information on this stuff. So I always like look forward to his insights on, on some of this stuff. Um, the only other TV thing I'll bring up because it's also a little bit controversial at the moment. I know house of dragons is out, but I'm feeling still too burned from the last season of uh, <laughs> Game of Thrones to go go back to that. At some point, I'll check it out. It seems to be okay, I guess, people's reviews. 
Um, but the Lord of the Rings show kind of dropped and I wasn't paying attention because I, I for some reason thought it was later. Mm-hmm. Um, and same thing happened with uh, a league of their own. Like we were talking about like, Oh, August 8th or whatever. And I kind of keep forgetting that it's September already. Yeah, I know. It went by fast. <laughs> so, like, both of those are just sitting there like in my uh, queue now. So I've, I've I did watch heard bad things about the league of their own show though. Yeah. I have nothing it. to say about that except that I just saw that it popped up and I felt I'd remind people, but there's a lot of like back and forth on the Lord of the Rings too. And it's like, you either have people even right down to Elon Musk, like on their Twitters, tappity tappity um, talking about like, Oh, Tolkien's rolling over in his grave because this and that and all this sort of thing. And you know me, I'm somebody that's read all the books, including like the weird stuff, like the Silmarillion and all the, <laughs> the other kind of things. And like, I was really worried going into the first episode because people were, you know, there was like these articles where it was like, um, oh, so like Galadriel warns people about Sauron and people say it's okay, don't worry about it for an hour. There's the first part of your, you know, billion dollar franchise, you know, over. But I actually thought the first episode was pretty good. Um I think it's like a weird thing because it's like they look like they borrow a lot from the Peter Jackson movies. They look like they borrow kind of like visual similarities. Like I could swear that they must have sourced a bunch of like armor and weapons and things like already because there's some stuff where it's like that looks exactly like how it looked over there. But then they're also kind of going their own way. So it's sort of like a weird mm-hmm. like half-half kind of thing. But um I don't know. First episode was good. The second one's out already. I just haven't had a chance to watch it. Um, so I don't know. Uh, let us know what you think on our socials, how you're feeling about those movies or what's new and new to you. <laughs> so uh, only other thing I was going to mention, you know, we haven't taken too close a look at the 2022 box office in a minute, but um, uh, my wife, Angie, and I have to give her a little shout out because she asked for one, um, sent me a Vulture article the other day. Um, that's called the summer of almost no flops and, uh, in like pure going to be like right out on front street here with you guys. I did not get a chance to read through this entire article just yet. So I'm going to also post a link to this over on our Twitter or whatever. Um, but it basically in like short summary is an interesting, you know, sort of thing. It's pointing out that we've had a series of like really big blockbusters this summer in the movies, And um, most of them are basically, you know, doing really well, like they're making all their money back on their budgets. Um, And essentially, you know, like they were they were pointing out and I thought this was interesting because we talked about it like in our top fives. um, Top Gun Maverick, they say, is now the all time best Tom Cruise earner ever, ever. Yeah. One point four two three billion worldwide. Um, which is crazy, you know, and it's, it's now like the heavyweight of the, the whole summer. And I'm like really surprised because personally it, it, it outdid, you know, Dr. Strange. Yeah. Jurassic World. Jurassic World. Yeah. I mean, a bunch mm-hmm. of things. I don't think I know anybody who's actually gone and seen it. I haven't <laughs> seen it. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't like out of my group of friends, I don't know if anybody's actually gone to, to see it. So, it, you know, somebody's watching it. It's already um, on iTunes, so I can buy it. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny. I was listening to a podcast the other day, and they were sort of talking about, like, how, um, like, evergreen this movie was trying to be, where they're, like, they don't name who the enemy is that they're fighting. They don't name the type of planes they're fighting against. They're just like, oh, that's like a, like a, <laughs> I don't know, like, version three or version 20 fighter plane or something like that. And I was just like, I was like, 
have some balls, say it's the Russians or something, you know? Like, well, it's a good MIG from the 80s. Yeah, you know? exactly, right? Yeah, like instead of being like, oh, it's a, it's a MIG, you know, like, you know, they're, they're like, oh, it's a, it's a level 20 airplane, you know, like whatever. Um, so I thought that was kind of funny. But essentially what they're sort of like talking about in this article to, to really do like the TLDR for you is there's a lot less movies hitting than there was in like, for example, 2019 pre COVID big, you know, sort of era hitting. Um, and they actually cite a number of 37% fewer movies. Um, but because of that, um, they were all doing better. So it's really interesting. It's almost like the oversaturation that we've maybe experienced in some past summers, which is, I guess, different, you know, um, studios sort of throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks Mm-hmm. Instead, they kind of just stuck a more limited set of things out and did really well with it. So, you know, in this new normal world of remote work and the whole nine yards, I'm actually really curious if summers will be scaled back on, you know, going here on out. If, you know, if you consider that this is a summer where movie theaters were allowed to be back at full strength, they didn't have to do like the 50 50 or yeah. the masks and all this. When you consider that most every state everywhere has repealed all mask mandates and and all that sort of stuff, you know, these, you know, and again, like I'm sure production schedules were suffering coming into this summer, but it's interesting. Like, I wonder if some of these like, you know, Hollywood accountants are going to go, whoa, you know, like (laughs) we spent less and we made more. Maybe we need to like be more choosy in in what we're throwing out there. (laughs) I also wonder if it's. Uh, it stems from nowadays they roll out big, big blockbuster movies, not just in the summer anymore. Like if you can go back even a few years back, you know, Captain America, um, Civil War and, and Batman V Superman came out in like March and April. And then like, you know, they release Avengers movies in like October or November. And, you know, they, they've changed the cycle where like you only used to get the big movies yep. either the beginning of the summer or right around the holidays. Yeah. Other than that, it was just like, you know, a vortex of whatever they could throw out there. And, you know, and it sort of always cracks me up because I feel like even, and again, I, you and I both come from like beach areas. So, you know, landlocked folks, this might not apply to you, but I, I feel like very often, like Ange and I, when we were dating, you know, things like that, it's like you go to the movies like on a weekend and like maybe the theater was full, but usually it was kind of like, you know, you might sometimes be the only people there. And uh, unless it's opening weekend. yeah, Exactly. And so a lot of people, you know, I think we're just hitting the beach and I've been experiencing this myself this summer that like the theaters that we have here, which is a, a departure, of course, from Manhattan where you have, you know, 8 million people, you know, vying for, for your theater space. And so those were always pretty full, you know, here, I'll go to a movie like opening week and maybe the theater's half full mm-hmm. and I'll go to a, a movie like three weeks in and it's packed or I'll go to a movie like one weekend and it's completely empty. It's like, it's like I can't predict what I'm going to get anytime I go. You know what it is also is like the, the release cycle to streaming and digital changed everything too. Because like I was thinking about this recently. I'm like, I remember when Batman 89 came out in June the VHS for that didn't come out till Christmas that year. So you're talking a solid six months. I mean, 
like we just said, Top Gun Maverick is still in theaters, but it's also on iTunes right now. So like, all right, I got a big giant 4K TV and surround sound. Do I want to go spend 20 bucks right. in the theater or can I buy it for 20 bucks? You know? Yeah. Well, I, you know, Angie and I, and we talked about this a couple episodes back, had gone to see Thor Love and Thunder. And, um, you know, I feel like I've been showing Zoe a ton of the um, Marvel franchise movies. There's a couple that I've skipped either because I thought she might not be interested or, or some that might be, yeah, or they sucked or, or there might be like, you know, scarier elements or things like that. You know, like one of them that she's wanted to see is, uh, and this is DC, not Marvel, but she's wanted to see Captain Marvel. And I was like, Oh, like on the face of that, like, that's kind of fun. It's like kids and it's like, you know, goofy, whatever. But there's also like horribly scary demon things like at different points in the thing. And I was like, you know, she, she would get totally freaked out by that. I just know her and she would. So I've been kind of pre-screening a lot of this stuff. So when she hears that Angie and I are doing like a date night and going to see a Marvel movie, she's like, Oh, um, but so like love and thunder came along and I was, we came home and I was like, yeah, you could see this. Um, and so she kept saying, like, can we go and see it? Can we go see it? And I was like, I didn't go back with her in the theater, but, like, I don't need to because the movie's out, like, tomorrow, I think. Yeah, <laughs> like, Friday, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, like, just same thing. Like, we'll, you know, pop it on this weekend on the, the big screen TV and call it a day, you know? Um, so, yeah, I, it's it's a really interesting time where we're in this funny amalgam now with, like, the streaming stuff and um, the theaters trying to survive and having – pretty decent results. I don't know. It's, it's, it's kind of interesting. So, uh, like I said, I'll include this, uh, this vulture link. If I remember, I always make good promises like this and don't always deliver on them, but I'll, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to stick it on our Twitter. I'm going to stick it on our Twitter right now. (laughs) I'm now live tweeting the show. That's, that's how I'm going to get around this because what inevitably happens is I have such good intentions to go and post these things after the show goes live and by that point, I've completely forgotten about it. So instead, I'm going to send it up there right now so everybody can go out there and, and read it, and, and you'll already find it. <laughs> so there you go. Um, live on Twitter now, folks. <laughs> All right, well, moving right along, let's take a look at what's going on in the box office for September 1992. Okay, welcome to September 1992. We got a little bit of a shorter list this month coming off the uh, kind of summer list that we've had. But Thank again, goodness. <laughs> yep, more on that in a minute. So our top film for September is Sneakers with a September gross of $29.9 million. In the number two, Mike, you're shaking your head. No, <laughs> no, 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 I'm just, I, you'll, I'll get to my thoughts. Okay, all right. <laughs> In the number two spot is Honeymoon in Vegas with $24.9 million. And in the number three spot is last month's featured film, Unforgiven, with $16.8 million in earnings. Thanks, as usual, to everybody who voted in our listener poll. Thanks to Retro Network for sharing it. Uh, the voting uh, really kept kind of changing as the poll went on this month. It sort of had, like, Captain Ron out in front in the beginning, and then next thing I knew, Sneakers and I think... Last of the Mohicans were like tied for a while um, in the lead. And then it kind of kept shifting around. 
ultimately, um, <laughs> I'm pretty happy with the result. You're shaking your head. Uh, let's read the results off. So it, with 13% of the vote, which I was a bit surprised by, Honeymoon in Vegas at 23.9%, last of the Mohicans, which when I mentioned that to Ange, her result, her, her thing was like, who's voting for that? Who's, <laughs> who's dying to see that one again? Who wants um, to hear us talk about that either? 28.3%. Sneakers, sorry, I'm buddy. And with thirty-four, I think the trolls really went to say, you know what? We're gonna make Mike watch. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll mention that in a second. Likes. So, thirty-four point eight percent, Captain Ron. <laughs> Forty-six total votes. Thank you guys for voting. We might have had more votes this month, but again, I put out I our last episode super late. Well, forgetting even that, I put out I put out our August recall or review. In September, it was bad. It, we recorded it ahead of time, and I edited it over a couple of days, and then like I had it quasi ready to to submit. But there's like this one last stage once I'm done with editing, where I have to go in and put like metadata in and write up something to put on our transistor feed to get it actually posted. And like I just had this series of like nights where I just came home like because you know again you know we're in the beginning of the semester here so like. Mm-hmm. I was just coming home beat and I was just like, I don't have the energy. I don't have the energy. So I kept not doing it. But finally I sat down. I'm like, I'm going to do it right now. And I'm going to send it before Jason has my head. Um, so uh, out it went. But anyway, um, thank you to those 46 who who did vote for um, at least a chunk of you for Captain Ron. Um, <laughs> so here's the thing, right? I don't know if I torpedoed you or what, but – I was thinking when I posted this on Twitter about doing another one of these ones where I'm like, by the way, the correct answer is Captain Ron. But I said to myself, you know what? I'm going to let this one go. I'm going to see what people pick. All of these movies are, you know, fairly decent. Mike has his picks. I have my picks. We'll sort of see where it lands. Um, And then next thing you know, Jason retweeted it and retweeted it specifically saying like, Something along the lines of like, if you don't pick Captain Ron, you're you're doing it wrong. <laughs> you know? um, I forgot the exact quote, but it was it was pretty close to that. Um, which uh, oh yeah oh no yeah if you don't pick Captain Wrong, you're wrong. Exact quote. Okay, <laughs> and uh, so to which I then of course repeated, um, bonus one of all my all time top favorites, and at Knizzle hates it. <laughs> so. That might have opened the floodgates right there because, oh, like, so. up till that it point, did, it, it, it didn't had win some by votes. that much. It didn't yeah, win by that much. So. It didn't. No, there was no like. I mean, there was a clear winner, but it wasn't like a like resounding winner like we've had some of the the past months. You know, we we're only off by about six percent of the vote there. Um, and once we get into the recall of this, we'll we'll talk a little bit more about sort of my surprise on how this movie is. Um, thought of and remembered by people because in in doing a little bit of the research for today's episode, um, (laughs) it went a different way. But I've got theories, and I've got a theory on why you don't like it. So we'll we'll get to that. (laughs) All right, so let's Uh, take a look at our list. Uh, So so because this is your your jam, why don't you start us off with number one? Sure. So number one was Sneakers with a gross of 29889000 in 2062 theaters released on September 11th for Universal Pictures um total gross for just September was 51 million yeah um I'm going to be perfectly honest I I started looking at this I don't think 
I've seen this movie. Oh, <laughs> which I mean, it, which is got- baffling because when I started looking at the list, and it's like Robert Redford, Dan Aykroyd, Ben Kingsley. It's Steve like Pontier. Yeah, Red it's Phoenix. just like I, I'm like I don't know how I missed this. So I might have this in a future new and new to you because like it looks like a really like decent. Or I might just vote to throw it as a grab bag for October. Okay, yeah, maybe we'll see how it uh, how it fares. Depends in the, on what October uh, movies are. We'll see, but yeah, I mean, it should go on to make another twenty-ish million next month. So we'll see where it lands in the list. <laughs> yeah, we might we might need some uh, some. Uh, so the crazy wild thing is now up. the next September release jumps down all the way to number six, which is Last of the Mohicans, which doesn't also release until late in September, at, at September twenty-fifth. And it grosses twelve and a half million in, in September, but goes on to do seventy-five and a half million total. Now, here's a funny one, right? I, I've seen bits and portions of this. I don't think I've ever seen the entire I've seen thing. The ending about a dozen times. <laughs> but like, it's funny. Angie and I were having like a conversation prompted by her, like, "Who's asking to see this?" And I, like, my response to that was like. I remember a lot of people when I was a kid going to see Last of the Mohicans and yeah. a lot of people talking about Last of the Mohicans. Well, it's one of those, you know, Daniel Day-Lewis comes out of nowhere, you know, puts on an incredible performance, goes full method, wins best actor, then becomes a recluse again to his next <laughs> <laughs> appearance. Him and, and like, uh, what's her name? Francis McDormand do that too. Like they just come out of nowhere win everything and then vanish <laughs> and come back again later. That's yeah, that's kind of his thing, isn't it? Because like every once in a while he just jumps out and does like an insane movie performance that's just super memorable and then like you just don't hear about him for a minute again. <laughs> yeah, he like he goes from this to like either Lincoln or or uh, you know, the, the Well, I mean, he had other butcher, stuff before the, the Lincoln. Thing, yeah. yeah, he had uh, Gangs in New York. Gangs in New York and um, then he had, you know, the, he had the, that there will the be blood, movie. which I love to death. There will be blood. Is that what it's called? Yeah. 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 It comes out of nowhere. <laughs> I'm going to drink your milkshake, Michael. <laughs> oh, God, I love that yeah. movie. It's absolutely insane. It's an insane um, movie. But, uh, yeah, you know, I, I think this is one, like, a lot of people I knew parents were going to see yeah, this one and everything sort of thing. So I, that was definitely um, really popular at that point. So number seven, which is, again, our featured film tonight, we're going to jump further down and talk about it in our recalls, Captain Ron, but um, that's at our number seven spot in this. Uh, number 12 is a movie called Singles. Does this one ring any bells for you? Yes. Um, uh, a group of 20-something friends search for love and success in grunge-era Seattle. Yeah. Um I remember the name, but now that I scroll through the cast, I don't remember the the movie. I, I'm thinking of more of that um, with honors movie as opposed yeah. to this. But yes, I re- I remember this movie, but couldn't tell you much about it. Next, we have number thirteen is Hellraiser three, Hell on Earth, <laughs> with about seven and a half million in, in uh, only eight hundred and ninety eight screens. I find that surprising. Yeah, it is. Well, interestingly, too, it says here that. Miramax was its distributor, and I'm curious if that's the case or if that's one of these things where like Miramax bought the company that put it out back in the day. Um, I thought it was like a new line. Here's company. another one where I'm probably going to, you know, bug our friend Joey when I mention this, but I have not seen the Hellraiser movies, um, and it crazy. basically <laughs> is due to this movie because around when this was in 
rental stores, I walked into my local rental shop and here's this poster with this dude with all these nails in his head. And like, I just hadn't any reason to have run into like, you know, presumably Hellraiser or Hellraiser two before this. And I saw this poster and I was just like, you know, before Nope was a thing, I was like, Nope, Nope, Nope. (laughs) I remember the the commercial for this and I used to change the channel immediately when the commercial came out. I was like, goodbye. (laughs) Have you seen um, the controversy lately on this that they're doing some kind of a new Hellraiser a and they TV show with a female um, yeah and like head. like everybody's like doing the standard like I can't believe you hired a woman <laughs> like you know like, I'm like are you that big of a Hellraiser fan that you really care <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh, who cares yeah uh, so number 15 is a great great film a film called School Ties which came out on September 18th and only made about six point seven million in September, but it was very like this was one of those movies that wasn't huge in the theaters, but gains a huge like cult following and, and a big cast like. In this. But it's like Brendan Fraser, Matt Damon, Chris O'Donnell. Um, who else? Affleck. Affleck is in this. <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, it goes on and on like. A huge, huge cast. It's a fantastic film. If you've not seen School It looks Ties, really familiar to me, but I'm like having a hard time so, placing so basically, it. Basically, Brendan Fraser is, a, is, I believe he's Jewish, but he's also like an incredible football player. And he goes to this like um, all-boys Catholic school pretending to be not Jewish. And they find oh out God. that he's Jewish and they kind of like – torture him and beat him and it's this whole like you know religious abuse thing and you know it it's it's crazy but i gotta point a- out i'm looking at the poster for this and both matt damon and ben affleck look like little babies i can't yes. believe how young they look in this. i know it's crazy right like brandon fraser is kind of brandon fraser i mean we just saw him in encino man and things like that so he's not terribly far off um, but man, they I think look this like was actually shot before it has to be movie. because they look well, it has to be because they all look younger. Yeah. Um, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck look like they can't be any older than like 18 or something here. They look mm. so young. Um, maybe they are, but they look really young in that. Um, side note on Brandon Fraser. Um, I have not seen the whale, but I'm hearing nothing but good going stuff about it. Yeah. About this movie saying this performance is out of this world. Yeah. I got to add it to my to-do list here in the coming months, be, or at least before uh, we get into award season, because, uh, I, I think I owe him that after our uh, Encino man <laughs> <laughs> stuff. Yeah. All right, number 16 on the list is a movie called Husbands and Wives. Does this one do anything for you? Nope. I got nothing on this one. Nothing. And the poster doesn't help it either. <laughs> yeah, the, the poster's super bland. It's like a black poster with like what looks like four white sticky notes almost, like pieces mm-hmm. of paper. Um, and like even the uh, – I'm not even going to bother reading the synopsis. It's just like – it just looks really bland. <laughs> and the next one down we have at number 18 is Wind. And again, <laughs> never heard of this. Just looked it up. The lead actor in the movie is Matthew Moldine. Nice. So, Romance and, and adventure happen during the America's Cup series of yachting races. Tell me that this movie's not for the 1%. <laughs> yeah, right? Seriously. So number 19 is kind of funny because it just finished or just about to finish its run on Broadway is Mr. Saturday Night with Billy Crystal. And, you know, I remember this movie. I haven't seen the Broadway show. But what I find peculiar about the Broadway show version of this 
is Billy Crystal's playing essentially the same character he did in this movie 30 years ago. So it's, it's just like, it doesn't feel right. Like he already played this guy and he was younger then. And now he's even older. I don't know. It just doesn't I mean, work in my I'll mind. First to again, say I know nothing about the Broadway show uh, and who's in it, but like, being that it's supposed to be like flashbacks to his younger years. Like, is it conceivable that he's playing the older version and they have another actor playing the younger? No, version? He's playing both. He's really? like, yeah, at least the poster shows it that way in the trailers and the commercials. Oh, interesting. Well, interesting. Yeah. Uh, this is all the way down at number 19 on our list, which I found a little surprising with the only exception being that it's basically a September 25th release. So yeah. it, it only has a minute. But it only goes on to do about thirteen point three million. So you know, this is another one, um, and we're going to get talking about the idea of a cult movie in a in a minute here. But um, uh, you know, this is one where like forever you hear about this movie down the road. Like I don't know yeah. how much I was hearing about it as a kid, but um, I was a little surprised that this uh, had such a low um, sort of box office uh, number. So twenty five is a Whoopi Goldberg movie called Serafina. I don't remember this movie, but I remember the poster. I've seen the poster before, and I don't know anything about the movie otherwise, though. Yeah, I mean, basically, it reads like it's about apartheid. Um, mm. So I get the impression that despite Whoopi being in this, it's probably a more serious um, role. Um, but I also just unfortunately uh, – that's the problem. I mean, like we're kind of uh, in a mix of things here, uh, and I'm going to mention two in a row here, and then I'm going to you know, breathe a little more on the one after that. Um, numbers 20, it's covered right now. Numbers 27 and 28 are Bob Roberts and Innocent Blood. Either of those. <laughs> I know Innocent Blood, believe it or not. Uh, so tell me about Innocent Blood because I, I don't know that I recognize either of these. It's some vampire movie. I, I just remember seeing it on HBO back then. Um, it was, you know, one of those like, you know, overly sexy but crazy vampire female vampire you know stories that was very popular then um i couldn't tell you much about it today i only saw it once on hbo but it's all i remember i think like the commercial was like something like oh uh they find a dead body in a car and go this guy's like five quarts low Like oh, that. man. I think I'm five quarts low. Yeah. Well, so number 29, I wanted to, to pump the brakes for a minute because it might be our only chance to talk about this movie on this podcast. Um, number 29 is Blade Runner, the final cut. This is the, this is the director's version, right? I, I think. You know, there's a couple of Blade Runner edits out there. I don't know if this is specifically, like, if there's – because I think there's also, like, a, like, director's cut or whatever. So I don't know where that fares versus the final cut or if it is the final cut. Um, only pops into 94 screens and does 2.1 million and 3.7 total. Um, but uh, what's your what's your Blade Runner feelings? <laughs> okay, so – in college, I had to watch Blade Runner and compare it to a movie called The Ice Storm. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember watching the final cut version and remembering this movie is redonkulously long and incredibly boring. And then my professor was like, why didn't you watch the original version? I'm like, I didn't know there was. <laughs> <laughs> well, in fairness, um, 
when we were in college, they released Blade Runner like on a DVD, like as like the director's cut or whatever. Yeah. Um, so presumably that might have been like the only one that was like readily available to even find just in that particular yeah. minute there. Um, as a matter of fact, I don't know if this will ring any bells for you, but um, I was helping uh, Chris Buffa for a while with Tuesday Night Twombly. Mm-hmm. And we did the Blade Runner director's cut as one of the uh, the nights uh, there. So um, long night that night. But oh. uh, I love Blade Runner. Um, Visually, it's amazing. It's got a great story. It's based on... Um, Do androids Phil- dream of electric sheep? <laughs> Philip K. Dick yep. book, right? Yeah. Um, um, believe it or not, that's on my to-do list for reading. I have not yet read that i've read a couple other philip k dick books but i have not gotten to that one so i'm intending What's the to one that they point. did with the keanu reeves movie um scanner darkly that was a good movie. oh that, yeah yeah um i robot is another one of his mm-hmm. um yeah he's got a bunch of, i mean again like with, with liberties taken in in spots you know his stuff is a little bit more dry <laughs> you know I, I would say but um, did inspire some really cool stuff, but uh, yeah, I've I've always been a big fan of um, Blade Runner, even the longer cuts and and you know especially like in some of the stuff where they've like done like some of the updated uh, like graphics and things like that are kind of fun. And then the newer Blade Runner they did a couple of years back was um, awesome. That was I never such saw a good. It. One. I want to really see oh add that one to your to do list. That one was really 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 good. Um, again. Uh, I, for me, for my purposes that year, that was like the visually stunning movie. Like nothing that was compared. your Dune of that year. Yeah, cinematography wise and things like that. And then the story was like really good. I would actually say, if you're somebody out there in listener land who watched the original Blade Runner and felt like meh or it's too long or it's too slow, like do yourself a favor and go see that one. I forget the if it's like. Tw- Blade Runner 2049. 2049, yes. Yeah, I was trying trying to think of what the title was. I didn't want to say 2099. That's the Marvel comics, and I didn't want to mix the two. Um, uh, But I have comics on the brain lately, but uh, I didn't want to mix that. But that movie is awesome, and I really highly suggest that for for anybody to check that out, uh, particularly you. (laughs) Okay, Um, I will. So moving down our list. New and new to me next month. Fair enough. Number 30 is a movie called Out on a Limb, which is a Matthew Broderick movie. And uh, that's all I know about it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't remember if I saw this one. If I did, it might have been like years and years ago. But the poster is like, oh, yeah, I absolutely recall Mm -hmm. that poster. And it's funny because I feel like as you and I are getting into more of these movies, like as the time is progressing here, like – at least things like posters are becoming way more familiar to me, even if I'm not remembering the movie. So it's kind of a fun, like look back on some of those, uh, some of those ones. Um, the next movie here is called South central. And all I can think about is don't be a menace to South central while drinking your juice mm-hmm. in the hood, which is not this movie. No, that is not this movie. <laughs> not at all. But that's, that's all I can think about when I see this message. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the next one we have is a movie called Crossing the Bridge. Uh, I don't know what it is at all. No clue. Yeah, I don't know this one either. The Adventures of Three Teenage Friends in 1970s Detroit. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, we're already into the dregs here. Where this is all the stuff that's like that's already under 500k. Um, the last couple are a movie called Danzon, 
Where the Day Takes You, Brothers Keeper, A Fine Romance, and Jumping at the Boneyard. So let's see what that one looks like. So this one says, Manny tries to get his crack addict brother Danny to clean up. Cool. <laughs> yeah, I got nothing on that one either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It really trails off pretty quick after a while. Yeah. <laughs> so do you want to dive into our recall segment? Yeah, let's see what we can recall about... Captain Ron. I'll tell you right now, I can recall <laughs> very little. So it's on you on this one, sir. All right. I tried to so, my memory. Captain Ron. Uh, all right. So uh, as discussed, I recognize you're not a fan, Michael, but I, like I said before, and before I recall this, I, I feel like I might have some insight as to why. Um, but let's look at the credits. Um, so first of all, Captain Ron is directed by Tom Eberhardt, who has a fairly unremarkable list of movies attributed to him, with many of them being made for TV movies. I think it was this and one other feature and one other short. Um, so not a lot to attribute to Tom Eberhardt, I guess. So I'm not even like, I'm not even going to go into the list. I don't think any of them are recognizable. Um, it's written by John Dwyer, who also only has two credits to his name, this and confessions of a serial killer, which sounds familiar. Um, when I looked it up, it was basically listed as like another cult movie. Um, so maybe this guy managed to, to write two cult movies and call it a day. (laughs) Um, the film stars Kurt Russell, Martin Short, Mary Kay Place, Meadow Sisto, and Benjamin Salisbury, among others. Now, I have to bring up Benjamin Salisbury for a minute here because um, where many people are going to remember him from, if not this movie, is from The Nanny. He played the son on the show The Nanny with Fran Drescher. Yes. Where I remember him from is college. (laughs) Um, When I used to visit Angie at her school in D.C., um, she had a number of friends that, uh, you know, did a lot of like theater development production Mm -hmm. stuff. And he was going to the school there uh, at American University. And so I met him a number of times when they were doing various productions. And, like, (laughs) we sort of formed this weird bond, him and I, where he's like, hey, P-Dog. And I'd be like, what up, Salisbury Steak? (laughs) And, like, that was, like, our thing for, like, a minute. Like, whenever we'd see him at, like, one of these various, like, plays or something. Yeah, so that's my my Benjamin Salisbury uh, uh, celebrity name drop, I guess. Um, I don't know what he's doing these days. I wish him well. Um, <laughs> he was a really good guy. Um, so anyway, uh, as mentioned, it does uh, 11.2 million in September with a September 18th release. Goes on to make 22.5 million total against its 24 million budget, making it actually a box office failure. So interestingly enough, you know, a lot of them featured movies that we've talked about back and forth here have not necessarily failed on their budget you know most of them usually either like meet it and you know do a little better or we've had some that have blown it out of the water i'm really hard pressed to think if we've had any that have like just not hit the budget do you remember any (laughs) oh uh yeah there was a couple others that one other that um that terrible movie we had to watch about um, <laughs> Carrie Fisher's uh, story or something like that. Oh, yeah. Maybe that didn't, too. 
Yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm a little surprised that this had a 24 million budget, although I'm assuming that a bunch of that's going to Kurt Russell in particular, if not others. Um, it also is obviously, you know, a location shoot with, you know, boats and things like that. So I'm sure that that amps up, uh, you know, some of the uh, budget. But uh, I was a little surprised, especially for Kurt Russell and Martin Short, that it didn't make its budget. But maybe this is why. So it received largely negative reviews at its release. And to date, Mike's doing like a little victory dance. Told it sits you. with a 26% tomato meter on Rotten Tomatoes as because far as critical horrible. reception. It's and, horrible but movie. this, But like, again, like, you know, critic stuff is kind of like, it is what it is. I always feel like the true test is the audience score. This is what shocked me. 52% audience score. So essentially half of people that have seen this movie hate it and half of people like it. Yeah. But I'm, I have to say I'm really shocked. And like, it surprised me last week when you said like, Oh, I hate this movie. And it's funny. So I'm going to throw this one into Angela's lap again. I got to give her credit, credit where it's due that I mentioned to her. I'm like, you know, Kenny Kennedy said to me that um, he didn't like this one. And I was a little surprised by that. And she goes, well, if you think about it, this is a lot like what about Bob? And all of a sudden I sat back and went like, oh, it kind of is like what about Bob? You know. And obviously you and I panned that movie pretty hard, despite Ange liking that one quite a lot. Um, and several other people I've talked to since we've done that uh, have given me bad feedback on that episode because they also like what about Bob? But I digress. Um, but it's, it's a lot like that. It's, it's this put upon dad with this kind of wacky personality, you know, and like, you know, the settings and scenarios that they're running through. So in a way I can see this for you being very much like, what about Bob? What's interesting for me with this movie is like, I wasn't even thinking about it in that context, but um, for me, and, and again, this is one of the funny parts is that when you go look at the critical reviews, one of the things that a lot of them are citing is they thought it was really bizarre to cast Martin Short, a comedian, as the straight man, and Kurt Russell, a kind of more stoic action star, action as hero, the yeah. as the comedic Goof, foil, as yeah. the goofball. Um, in a way, that's what actually makes this movie really work for me. Like this kind of like bizarre, you know, and again, like there's a lot of movies out there with put upon dads that I feel a lot better about than what about Bob? I think that one was like a particular shitstorm <laughs> that, that made me feel as badly about it as I did. But um, I don't know, like something about Captain Ron captured my imagination when I was younger and hey hey boss you know like i I just love like the voice and like the ridiculous like nature of that character the whole time martin short for me is a really great put upon dad and i also liked how his family sort of played off on him with this all right so let's see if i can recall this a bit properly so um basically martin short's character who's also martin um is like a guy that like lives in chicago um, he's kind of just like an office worker. Um, he's got a wife, a son, and a daughter. And uh, long story short, he finds out that I think it's like an uncle or something um, passed yes. away. Somebody and leaves left him, him a boat or something, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they they leave him like this, like kind of like big, like yacht, like a, like a really long sailboat. sailboat. Like a big yeah. sailboat yeah. Um, and I think it's like belonged to like Clark Gable or something. And so like they're all excited. Um, and, and it's like in you know, the Bahamas, from they had to fly. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, like this like funny little Island, um, like that has like a weird name and, 
uh, he basically like wants to try and like, you know, like, like as this type of movie does, like he's out of touch with his family. So he feels like a family vacation will pull them back together. So they go down to like, go um, get this boat and they've going to like hire like this professional charter company to like, you know, have somebody come and captain it for them. And like, you know, maybe they'll teach them a little bit about it, but like, you know, to give them like a pleasure cruise to like Miami from wherever this weird little Island is. Um, and they get there and find out that the boat is like a wreck. <laughs> and um, when they when they mention that, like the guy who was going to send like this professional captain out, like cancels on them. Mm-hmm. So they end up just like finding Captain Ron, who's like this like local kind of just like scrub sailor guy um, with like one eye. You know, and an eye patch. Been a better casting for this than Kurt Russell <laughs> would have been like uh, Matthew McConaughey. You know. Yeah, I mean, I don't remember how old he would have been at that point, but it, you're, you know, it's in that vein of like how Matthew McConaughey like plays later roles. I think yeah. very much like this. Uh, that there's that one with um, what's with, his with, his, with Goldie Hawn or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, Daughter, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I used to like that movie. Angie used to give me crap for that, but I can't think of what the name <laughs> over, of it is. Uh, it's not Overboard because that's the it's called uh, like Fool's Gold or, or something, something like that. Like I think <laughs> something. Um, yeah, but something it used to be on I don't know HBO or something, and I used to watch it like around college or or something, and, and she used to give me grief about it. But I digress. Um, anyway, <laughs> uh, so like Captain Ron like agrees to like you know charter their boat. He's like, oh, I'm a Navy guy. I can I can sail anything, whatever. And uh, so like they take off, and especially he's taken off because like his car like 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 falls off the dock and into the water, and like you realize that it wasn't even his car. It's like the guy who did own it is like shooting his gun at him and everything, and like they're trying to get away. Um, and then it's basically like a lot of shenanigans from there on out. Like they sail to this one island. And they go for like a nature hike and like there's like these like Latin American guerrilla fighters there. And oh, that's that's actually a funny part of it. Yeah. And like Captain Ron, like, you know, he didn't say gorillas. He said, yeah, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I remember that part. That is funny. Um, Like Martin gets captured by them. And like so Captain Ron, like trades them like they can come on the boat, like to get where they're going. Um, and like, they have like all these weapons and like Martin makes them throw them overboard, which means they have to like give them a ride now. And so they end up, I think at like San Juan, like Puerto Rico or something. And then don't they get like attacked by pirates and they needed those weapons later on or something? That's later. Yeah. Um, (laughs) something stupid like that. Well, they, they get arrested in San Juan for like smuggling like the guerrilla fighters in and then like they let them go, but they're like, you have to leave tonight. Um, and when they go to find their boat, they realize that like pirates have stolen their boat or something like that. And like they're like they're on like a raft. I don't remember how it oh, all yeah, happens. It was, yeah, they, I don't but know. But they end up then like in Cuba like, and they yeah. like find their boat. Because don't they call again. them the Pirates of the Caribbean or something like that? It's like, yeah. no such thing. Pirates of the <laughs> yeah, Caribbean. Yeah, well, they leave Captain Ron behind. Um, so I don't remember exactly how Captain Ron catches up to them, but like they all end up in Cuba. They leave him behind they, because like, I think he takes the daughter to get a tattoo or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and yeah, they like something. steal the boat back um, and they're getting chased by the pirates. And like Captain Ron is like faking out that like he's been like hurt. Um, and so it like gives Martin the time to like shine and like, you know, he's remembered all the stuff that he's learned. So he's like sailing the boat and then like they run into like the Coast Guard and the Coast Guard like fires at the pirates, which scares them off and they make it to Miami. And like the movie essentially ends with 
they like decide to like, instead of like, they're going to, you know, it's been like this nightmare trip and they yeah. just want to get back. They just want to get back. They're like, you know what? Like, let's keep going. And like, they turn the boat around and head yeah, back. Like out. he's like, he hates his job, whatever. Yeah. He, you know, they, they, totally, then, like, they clean up the boat at one point. Yeah. Really, no, they've been nice like fixing and, it up and everything. And they do realize that it is like Clark Gable's boat. Um, and then like the last thing is you see like Captain Ron and like this like nice suit and uh, he doesn't have like, his eye patch anymore or whatever. <laughs> and uh, and he's like on like this little speedboat, like talking to like this like rich couple like, oh, yeah, you know, we'll we'll get you up to speed. We'll get you out. You, we'll teach you how to ride, you know, drive your boat, whatever. So you can tell that like he just like must do this. Like it must yeah, be like his he's thing. A con he, man. Like he's a con man. Yeah. yeah. But like like a like a like a hero con man because he like <laughs> spends his time like getting people to have like faith in themselves or something, I guess, you know? Um, so yeah, um, pretty cool. Um, so I, I, that's basically the movie. Um, I just remember there's a lot of like great jokes again. Do we need to rewatch weird... it now that you, we covered it pretty good. I think. Yeah. 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 Well, I, I mean, I don't know what you want to do. I'll be watching it again. I'll happily, watch so. it. I'll, I'll, I'll begrudgingly watch it and, and uh, maybe I'll live tweet my complaints as I'm watching it. There you go. <laughs> Um, you want to do this the preview review? This yes, let's take a look at our trailer this week in our preview review. All right, I am ready when you are. All right, I'll count us down. Three, two, one. Touchstone, Touchstone pictures. Open ocean, uncharted islands. Who knows what's waiting for us out there? The mighty Caribbean, home of romance, adventure. What's that Martin Short character that he plays with the 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 put the wax in his hair and he's all like kind of whacked out? Like yeah, yeah, he definitely looks like you know he's been hanging around Jamaica and stuff like that. He's got like the Rasta hat here. Now he's about to cast his very special spell. Uh, yeah, that's I love Martin Short's like reaction is like he's just like like huge smiles like the whole time and then he eventually he looks like, he also like so um, Patrick Swayze a little bit in this movie you know yeah I can see, yeah I can feel that yeah see they spoil all the good jokes <laughs> <laughs> I guess you spoiled it first here tonight <laughs> I guess so yeah. They're, Captain Ron. He's beat. <laughs> the camera, please. Captain Ron doesn't mean. I'll tell you. Martin Short looks young here. Like, he looks yeah. so young. God, that boat is beat. Oh, doesn't the kid, like, lose a lens of his glasses at one point? And probably. We're in Cuba? Back to the raft! One big oh, doesn't the compass? Yeah, break I mean, they basically like we could have just like put this on. They basically describe what the movie yeah, is. Yeah, they literally it? showed the whole movie here. Yeah. So they showed literally the whole movie in the trailer. And like, look at how low budget the actual title cards were. It's like they spent so much money paying Kurt Russell to do this movie that they couldn't even do good title cards. Yeah, right. It's just like I mean, it it looks funny, but it's one of those movies that I feel like 
they did all the funny parts in the trailer. Well, we'll see because you were giggling at that trailer. So I'm going to I'm going to wait and see right. like what we'll you're, see. you know, we'll maybe see. having watched it again after a while, maybe you'll have a little bit of a different feeling on it, mm. but I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> oh, where can we find it? Do you know where they can where so people want to watch it? That's a great question. Let's take a look. Um so for those of you out there that are curious, I was telling some other people about this recently. Um basically there's a couple of websites that I use to try and find these things. Um, one of them Google. is a website called Just Watch, and another one is Decider. Um, but both of those are pretty good about letting you know where these things are right now. It's looking like this is a rental. <laughs> I'm not. You're I'm not make seeing it. Pay for this. I'm thing. not really necessarily seeing it streaming anywhere. Oh, so man. I might have to do a little like sailing the seven seas for this one for I, you. <laughs> you're going to be a pirate of the Caribbean, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I got to pay for this thing. Oh boy. <laughs> sometimes it's available like Boom. on netflix in other countries but, but nobody um, wants this I, movie, I have to like so. find that country and then like vpn in to find it so <laughs> oh my goodness. but again it's another one of these ones where like i feel like people are missing out like when you have like these anniversaries where it's like a 30 year anniversary or whatever like what would it take for hulu or somebody to just throw it on there real quick you know <laughs> i don't know let's see hold on uh yeah, it looks like it's three ninety nine to rent anywhere. Redbox is still a thing. Look at that. You can rent it on Redbox. Yeah, think? I have to say Redbox is one of the ones that I have just never joined. Uh, like over time, there's a few that I've never done, and that's one of them. I think like that and like Roku. <laughs> so my in-laws have a Roku. It's actually kind of cool, except for the fact that there's just a lot of apps that you could get on a Fire Stick that you can't get on there, which is kind of funny. But like speed wise it's it's pretty good quality and the resolution is very very nice i'm very impressed by it nice that's just you know my little it part of me there you go Okay, so either we're gonna be renting this or we're gonna figure something out i'll figure something out don't you don't don't have this like on a dvd i do have this on a dvd so that's why i say i'll i'll figure out something i'll (laughs) i'll get it to you all right, okay. let's uh, let's let's wrap this puppy up here. You want to do our big movie quiz? Oh, I would love to. I would love to. I, I guess since we're doing comedy, let's yeah, go with let's, a let's go back to the comedy pack. We haven't been there in a minute. And I was crushing I'm, those. Oscars yeah, I'm starting to worry about. You know, the Oscars used to be my one I went to when I was like, let me stump this guy for the <laughs> evening. But all of a sudden, you're killing it lately. So I don't know about that. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> Who starred in the 1963 version of The Nutty Professor? Oh, um, Jerry Lewis. You got it. Which 1980 film was Harold Ramis' directorial debut? Isn't that Stripes? No. Another Bill Murray movie. Uh, Caddyshack? Yeah, all right. I'll give you the half point. (laughs) All right. What year does Marty McFly travel to in Back to the Future Part 2? So he goes forward in time to 2015. Yep. But then he also goes back to 1955. Yes. <laughs> and then he goes to 1885 at the yes. end of the movie. Yeah, lots of fives. <laughs> yes. In what year did Sharknado premiere on TV? Oh, wow. That's a comedy? I guess so. Uh, what year did Sharknado premiere on? I, you know what? I'm going to be a confession here. I've never seen any of the Sharknado movies. <laughs> I've seen parts of the first one and the second one, but like, I don't have the wherewithal to get all the way through. But I'm going to just throw a number out there. I'm going to say 2014. 
Uh, it is, in fact, very close to that. 2013. Oh, I, I was I was going to say 12 or 14. And- so we're, we're still at two and a half points out of the six here so far. Okay. Which rock star had a cameo appearance in Wayne's World? Alice Cooper. You got it. Which fast food restaurant are Harold and Kumar trying to, oh, come on, trying to get to in the 2004 film? If you know the title of this movie, you know the answer to this question. White Castle. So I have near me, um, I I live in Princeton, Jersey, but there's a um, road near me called Route 1. And there's a section of it that every single time I drive home, I pass by it and I call it Stoner's Row because I'm like Harold and Kumar would be so excited because right in a row, there's like a Taco Bell, a White Castle, a Dunkin' Donuts, like like an Indian food place. (laughs) Yeah, it's like bang, 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 right after another. And I'm just like, oh, Harold and Kumar would have been dying to to find this place. Um, Was that six? I lost track. No, that was like. Four-ish? I think we done six. We did. (laughs) Really? Yeah, so... so, uh, Five and a half? Four and a half? Yeah, something like that. I don't know. (laughs) Who cares? You know, the the points don't matter. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the points don't matter. This is... is, uh, We're just trying to get through these cards here, folks. (laughs) Yada, 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 whatever. Um, All right, so that's going to do it for us for tonight. Um, If you'd like to chat with us about the show, get in touch with us via our social media channels, Box Office 30 on Facebook and the Twitters, and Box Office T-H-I-R-T-Y on Instagram. You can also come by our website, boxoffice30.com. We always want to thank Retro Network, Jason and Mickey. Those guys are amazing um, for hosting our show and uh, promoting us all the time. So Aren't thanks they very much. Sending us guys. like some some cool swag that we may be able to yes. send out. Yeah, to some, I, some I, lucky listeners. I can probably you know mention this now. Yeah, Jason was cool enough to. Um, he's always producing like all manner of stuff to support all the shows on the network. But there's some cool brand new Box Office 30 stickers that are coming out soon. So. Yeah, if you guys uh, are interested and want a Box Office 30 sticker, you know, uh, get over on our socials and let us know. And um, we'll send one your way maybe when those uh, when those hit. So yeah. uh, pretty cool. Um, uh, and again, uh, speaking of swag, check out our Tee Public store. You can get some different types of merchandise with Box Office 30 logo on it. As usual, I'm always promising I'm going to come up with some more stuff to stick on there at some point. But, <laughs> you know, at least you for know, now, I, you can get. I, I have a proposition for people that are listening. Fair enough. If you guys, because they, they seem to like know the things that we say and like listen to us. If there's something that we say regularly that you find <laughs> funny, that could be like cool for a shirt, tweet us and let us know. Because I think that would be kind of funny if we had like a little catchphrase like, yeah. I want to I want to create a shirt that's like a list of the episodes that you've had to do notes or something on that you hate the movie. <laughs> It'll just be like Michael's hated movies. It'll just list all of them. Isn't that most of them? I yeah. Don't know. <laughs> Listen, guys, I'm a curmudgeon. What can I tell you? Nice. I don't like a lot of things. I think I have a dog just farting right next to me. Fabulous. <laughs> what is going on here? Oh, my goodness. I'm delirious. All right. So. Well, I think we're going to call it a week here. You can check us out in two more weeks with our review of Captain Ron. In the meantime, like I said, movie. yes, if we can find it, yeah, reach out to us. Let us know what you think about Captain Ron and, and our recall episode here. And uh, we will see you in a couple weeks. Gorillas. <laughs> There's no gorillas in this. <laughs>
cool. He's got nothing, guys. No. No, I'm dead. (laughs) There's no pirates of the Caribbean. No. (laughs) All right, there, boss. This has been a presentation of the Retro Network.